Hello, and welcome to Thank You for Toilet Paper, a history of the little things, a podcast where we talk about a few things to be grateful for and the history and stories behind them. I'm your host, Elizabeth Miller. Thank you so much for joining me today. Let's get going. If you have ever injured yourself, you may have made use of today's topic. My most recent injury, which happened about like two weeks ago, I think, by the time this podcast is uh, published, has a bit of a longer backstory to it. My most recent faux pas in my body. Uh, Back when I was living in London, I was playing basketball with some friends. We were in a gymnasium in a church because that's how that worked. And I slid across the surface and slammed into the brick wall. But... I slammed into the wall at a point where there was a cutout because there was also a kitchen connected to the gym to be used for like activities to share food, that sort of thing. Uh, It's kind of like a multi-purpose cultural hall. Anyway, so I slammed my foot into the wall, but the rest of my body kept going further because of this cutout. And I went to the hospital, they took an x-ray and showed it to me and asked if the faint line on the x-ray looked like a line to me or not. And... I am not a doctor, and I was too timid, and said, like, I guess not, (laughs) but it was totally a faint line. So I had broken my big toe, and we did nothing for it. Fast forward to years later, and I really can't bend that toe anymore. Now, this is mostly okay, except for the times when I need it to bend. Like, two weeks ago, we were playing a version of indoor hockey at Taekwondo, and I tripped over my own foot, the one with the toe that doesn't really bend, and I biffed it. Is that a thing that people say or is that just in my family? I, I, I ate Matt. I fell hard and my foot took the brunt of it and has been bruised and swollen for days and still is a bit swollen today and mm, super pretty and colorful at the moment. Enter today's topic, the ice pack. I iced that thing like crazy and it helped, as ice packs in my experience usually do. So, for all the times you have accidentally misdiagnosed your own x-ray, although why the doctor was asking me, I still don't know, and subsequently tripped and injured yourself in a rogue and particularly violent mock hockey game at your Taekwondo class, as most people do, the ice pack has been there. Or perhaps simply for the times when we trip and fall, overexert ourselves by exercising, or accidentally greet a doorframe with our face instead of avoiding it altogether, the ice pack has got our back. So let's take a little bit of time for a little bit of gratitude and love for the ice pack. Not to be confused with the ice bath because that is a whole different special kind of experience. Before we get back to the pack, however, let's talk a little bit about using ice in a specific way to cool things down. For that, we look back to Frederick Tudor, nicknamed the Ice King. No Disney movie yet. In 1805, at 22 years old, Tudor realized that ice could make life a bit easier for people in warmer climates. And so he started selling blocks of ice from a lake in Boston. And then the next year, after he had that grand revelation, he bought a ship and started taking his ice to the Caribbean. From there, he kept going and found new ways to take ice around the world until his death in 1864. It became like his whole thing. And then after that, we had more innovation with ice. In fact, it could take up its own podcast, but for now, we'll just do like a brief overview here. From John Gorey's patent in 1890 for a mechanical fridge, to experiments leading to the manufacturing of clear ice as opposed to foggy ice, and ice wagons in the early 1900s, to the first hot water bottle invented by Edward Pencala in 1903, all of this kind of led up to the ice pack. 
In the 1940s, another precursor would be the ice bag. These bags had fabric on the outside, but were lined with rubber on the inside and topped with a seal cap. They worked in the short term pretty well, but like eventually the ice melted and it was kind of watery and sometimes would leak. So later versions improved the capability of keeping the water inside the bag. Enter Albert A. Robbins. The first more modern version of an ice pack that we are familiar with today was invented in 1959 by a man by the name of Albert A. Robbins. Innovation continued to improve the experience as other companies tried their hand at it, resulting in ice packs for packed lunches, lunch boxes, I guess, for shipping companies needing to transport food, and for various medical needs. And from there, we got portable coolers, with the first styrofoam portable cooler hitting the world stage in 1963. With lunchboxes, coolers, medical emergencies, food preservation, and more, ice packs are useful for more than moments when someone, not saying myself in particular, but someone, randomly trips on a taekwondo mat while playing indoor hockey and destroys their foot, because nobody really does that, right? Now, what is an ice pack these days? I mean, you can grab a bag of ice and use it as you like, and I have definitely done that, but what about the other types out there? An ice pack, or a gel pack, as it is also called, is made up of water and refrigerant liquid or gel. It is easy to carry and is meant to help you cool down, essentially. There are reusable and disposable ice packs. Those that are reusable work using the principle of thermal mass, which is basically how a material can absorb heat, save it up, or store it, and release it. So, for example, wood does not do a very good job of storing up heat and therefore has a low thermal mass, but bricks and tiles do absorb heat and they store it, so they have a higher thermal mass. Both ice and non-toxic refrigerant can absorb a lot of heat before they warm up to more than 0 degrees Celsius or 32 degrees Fahrenheit. Different additives can be added to water in an ice pack so as to keep it free from bacteria as well and keep it from solidifying into a huge chunk so it stays in a gel form. Gel packs can be made using water and adding in sodium polyacrylate, hydroxyethyl cellulose, or a silica gel coated in vinyl. So back to the reusable and disposable types. The disposable, or the one-use ice pack, usually requires a chemical reaction and is more often used for medical application, while reusable ice packs, on the other hand, can be used to store or keep food cold in coolers, shipping transportation, and so on. Now, there are also hot and cold packs. These could be frozen in the freezer and used to keep things cool, or they can be heated up in the microwave or hot water, for example, and used as a heat pack. The first hot and cold pack was called the hot or cold pack. Let me, like, spell that out a little bit. Hot or cold pack. Hot or cold pack. That's it. And it became available to the public in 1948. There are also instant cold packs. These also depend upon a chemical reaction to create an instant cold. The way it usually works is that there are two bags. One has water and the other can contain a few different substances, including calcium ammonium nitrate, urea, or ammonium nitrate. Basically, when you use the pack, you break the inner bag, which is the one that holds the water, and this releases the water and dissolves the solid around it of one of those uh, substances that I mentioned earlier in an endothermic process. You break one bag by, like, squeezing the cold pack. 
the endothermic process leaves it absorbing heat from its surroundings, creating a colder temperature. They aren't good for when you need long-lasting cold, but they are essential for medical emergencies, when you get sick from the heat, sports injuries, and more. Now, some gel packs are made using ethylene and diethylene glycol. However, both substances can be harmful if you ingest a lot of it, so these are not to be used to store food as it presents a health safety concern. So as long as we are not eating it, we'll probably be in pretty good shape. For all the food that ice packs have kept cool and made possible to transport and share around the globe, like the fact that we can eat so many different things from so many different places, is because we can transport it. Which, again, ice packs play a role in, which I think is so cool. For all the school lunches that they've kept cold and all the injuries that they've soothed, there are quite a few reasons to be grateful for ice packs. And I know I sure am grateful for them, because my foot is still a little bit swollen, so I'm going to need to grab one again here soon. But in the meantime, I am very grateful for ice packs. That's it for this week. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you have a marvelous day. Take care. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.